Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Just a couple moments ago, we prayed the words, Stir up your power, O Lord. That's a prayer that would be echoed by some 1,300 people in my little community of Staunton right now. They would gladly pray, O Lord, stir up a little power. Not much, just maybe enough to run the furnace so the pipes don't freeze. Not much, just enough so that we can go home and not have to live with our in-laws anymore. Nothing too spectacular, just a little power, just just a little. That's all we need you to stir up, Lord. All that power is out because of a storm that you know all too well. I got to see it from an interesting perspective. You see, I'm the chaplain for the Staunton Volunteer Fire Department. We were out in that. From 9 o'clock Thursday night to to 3.30 Friday morning, we ran 62 calls. And we stood out there, helmets, bunker gear, pants, coats, and gloves, and we watched the rain and the freezing rain and the sleet and eventually the snow relentlessly pound down on our little community. And it came down. It coated the trees. It coated the power lines. It coated the firemen. And then with a power that could only be described as devastating, it all came crashing down. Branch after branch. Pole after pole. Line after line. It really was a pretty awesome sight. You ever see a transformer blow up? How about a substation? Or the best one. Imagine a dangling live wire bouncing off the street 15 feet in the air every time it comes down, blasting another hole in the pavement. Now you know why we stay so far back. There was some power stirred up in Staunton the other night. And in the matter of a couple of hours, an entire community of 5,100 residents was plunged into total frigid darkness. So if I was over there praying those words, stir up power, O Lord, a little more fervently, please forgive me. But the world knows this kind of frigid darkness. This is not a prayer that just the people in Staunton can pray. It's a prayer that the whole world can pray because we dwelt in a frigid darkness that fell upon our world in a way that could only be described as devastating when our parents fell into sin. The storm did not involve ice, but rather sin. And our entire community of humanity was plunged into the darkness of death. And no matter how many, no, how, how, many, or how many people tried or how hard they tried, there was no warmth to be found. There was no light to be discovered. We had been overtaken by the shadow of death. There was no hope at all. At least, not 
in the efforts of man. But there lay promise outside of man. That promise is found in the delivery of power from the Lord himself. He promised that a deliverer would come. And for centuries, people sat amidst that darkness and clung to the hope that one day our Lord would stir up power and break the bonds of darkness into which fallen humanity was imprisoned. In Staunton, the arrival of hope had a name and a face. Its name was Amron. All kinds of power trucks came in. They had the big buckets on them and big reels of wire and lots of tools. They had license plates on them too that said North Carolina and Arkansas and Oklahoma and Texas. As we sat in the darkness, we knew that we did not have any way to help ourselves and the answer to that power coming to us would come down from outside of us. So when those trucks came rolling into town, it was much to the joy of my neighbors. And as these people with funny sound and accents came into town, the power came up. Street by street, house by house. And in the process, the power of life in a modern world energized once dead lines. I don't know these men. But they're my heroes. They worked hard. They worked as expected and they accomplished their task. The people of Jerusalem were sitting in darkness too. They were looking for the power of the Lord to be stirred up. And now in our text, it stirs. Jesus is coming. The king, the Messiah, was coming to their city. And as the people cry, Hosanna, you can almost hear the words of the prophets urging the city to wake up and take notice. The king was coming to his people. What they had long been waiting for had come to pass. Soon the power would be back on and life would go back to normal. But the power that the people sought was not the power they were going to get. For this king was not a king of this world. Yes, he's David's son, but he's also David's lord. David ruled Israel in its heyday, and there was plenty of power to go around then. But this king, this Jesus, is different. His power would not be militarily or political. It would be sacrificial. Jesus came in the name of the Lord to do the Lord's work. And that work was to deliver himself over to the vast display of the power of the cross. The power that Jesus came to show was the power of weakness. We should expect that by now. After, by, after all, by this time in the, in the story of Jesus, everything's been different. This Palm Sunday text speaks about a coming king. However, this king is coming in a way to make it clear yet again that he's going to do the king thing differently. 
So Jesus doing things in an unexpected way is not new. As we sit in this season of Advent, we know full well how Jesus comes in ways that we least expect. There was that virgin named Mary who was going to have a baby. There were those shepherds who came to see the child and told of angels who sang of that baby Savior. And that was just the beginning. The Lord was stirring up His almighty power in the soft flesh of an infant who would grow to be a crucified king in Jerusalem. It's not the way we would stir up power, is it? But that's the point. The Lord does His power in ways that we would never imagine. And that's for our benefit. For the power of the Lord displayed in the way that we would do it does us no good. So the Lord stirs the pot a bit. He uses a baby and a crucifixion. To show his power. He sends a king who wears swaddling clothes, sandals and rides on a donkey. Nothing majestic, just simple. But that's the power and the kingdom and the glory that rescues us from the darkness of sin. He comes to stir up a powerful weakness. So when the power of the Lord's weakness brings us light, we, as those committed to the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ, are then able to see what is ahead of us. As we start a new church year, we are reminded that we are called to proclaim the weakness of Christ. A baby. A cross. A crucifixion. They don't seem like much. But they are the straw that stirs the drink. This is the same weak power and powerful weakness that we need. For this weakness is what brings us forgiveness of sin then and now. Unlike the lumbering Amron trucks that are going up and down the streets of Staunton, even now, I passed two on the way out of town this morning, bringing power to my frozen neighbors. The only thing that comes to stir up power for our hearts in this Advent season is Jesus. In a word proclaimed and a word ingested. It doesn't seem like much, yet it's all we have to offer. When you stand in a pulpit, sit at a bedside, or preside at a funeral, it's all you have, but it's all you need. It's not what the world would call powerful. But then again, the world got Jesus wrong on Palm Sunday. They got him wrong in the nativity. And they get him wrong week in and week out. So why should we trust what the world says if they're wrong all the time? So we lean not on our own understanding of Christ. We follow not the understanding of the world. Instead, by the grace of God, we receive the power that is stirred up for us in Jesus Christ. We join our voices and shout our hosannas, for we know that he has saved us. At his manger, on his cross, and at his table. So whether you have power at home or not, whether you live in Staunton or not, we boldly pray, 
Stir up your power, O Lord, and come. Come to us now. In your incarnation. In your word. In your supper. Come to us now. So that we may go for you. Amen.